everybody. Welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I am your host, Diana Collins, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. If this is the first time you're joining us for this episode or any episode or just listening to the podcast for the first time, I want to say thank you for taking the time out for joining us to listen to the podcast. I appreciate you so much. Um, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out for being here and listening. If this is the, f- you are returning Okay, not even the first time. If you are returning, I want to say welcome back, welcome back, <laughs> welcome back, and thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time out for coming back in and listen to what we have to talk about on the Soulful Eclectic. So if you guys haven't heard or haven't realized or noticed or paid attention to the flyers, we are now a member of WUBI, that is Whiskey Uniform Bravo India. And that is uh, Ubiquity Radio, and you can find us online. So if you look in the show notes, you can click on the link, and you can hear us on Friday evenings at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, all right? And it's the same time, Pacific Standard Time, if you are so inclined to um, listen to us on the radio, but you can still follow us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Playlist, and also Pandora, as well as um, iHeartRadio. I think I said that. I'm not sure. And many other streaming platforms for podcasts. We are definitely on there. So um, today's episode is also brought to you by our sponsors, Divine Nubian Essentials, which is a hair and skin care product, which is all natural, vegan, handmade uh, with love by uh, Divine Nubian Essentials. And also for those of you who are in healthcare education and are in need of tutoring or um, just some guidance on where you are in your healthcare education um, road, you can reach out to Collins Education Resource Management. All right. So today we actually have a very, very special guest that is near and dear to me. I know. I don't know what's wrong with my voice today. Um, I, I do know. Sorry. I do know what's wrong with my voice today, but um, a very special guest that is near and dear to me. Um, and her, she's been on the show before. Her name is Maya Baker and she is my daughter. But today we're going to talk about some some different things about boundaries and, you know, where she is now in relationship-wise. Uh, if you go back to the uh, or previous season, you can listen to her episode on where she was and, and, and how she has grown and continues to grow as a woman of today, right? Because it's different than when we were growing up for those of us who are Gen X and, you know, baby boomers. So the millennials and Gen Zers are growing up in a different time and they have a a different set of challenges and and no more, no less than what we dealt with, but they're definitely different. So uh, definitely would like to talk to her about where she is in her life um, and her career. Uh, So with that, I will bring you in with Maya Baker. So we're going to have coffee time, lunch time, midday conversation with your daughter. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. going to call it, <laughs> right? Love it. So I introduce to you all my beautiful daughter, Maya Baker. Hello. 
<laughs> so um, today is actually, it, it, I want to say it's like a follow-up episode because you were on the podcast, I want to say maybe two years ago, right? Was that? It has it about right, yeah. Yeah, right? Because it, it, was, it was a while ago. It, it seems like it was just yesterday, even though it was, it, it, I think it was two years ago. My gosh. Yeah, no, now that I'm thinking about it, what, I remember what we were talking about. And yeah, it was two years ago because that's when I met Eris. So yeah. Yeah, so just look at that. Look at that. We circle back. Oh, wow. <laughs> just looking at how much progress since then. Yeah, and, and you know what? The progress and the change that, that has happened since then. So, um, well, well, yeah, since we are starting there, uh, first and foremost, let's start with where you are as far as, you know, business, work, and things like that are concerned. So how's business going, Miss Massage Therapist? I'm on my own, starting my own thing, doing this, you know. <laughs> Being an adult and stuff. Adulthood is the worst. Don't recommend. Highly unrecommended. But <laughs> it is it has been rewarding. I would say this year has probably been a very great year for business um, and for my nine to five. Because you know, when you're starting a business, you still have to keep a nine to five unless you're rich. Um, right. <laughs> so even my nine to five is great. Um, making at least six dollars more than I did last year. Um, which has been great financially. Still, you know, life just is lifing. Oh, <laughs> so, man. But the business itself has picked up, too. I have grown in the clientele. You know, it's never going to be enough until I get it to where exactly I want it to be at. Mm -hmm. But I can reflect on the previous year. And since I've actually had my business, and this has probably been one of the biggest years for my business with having clientele and not just current clientele, but consistent clientele as well, which is a plus. And every business owner knows having consistency in your clientele is great. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, <coughs> being a, a entrepreneur, businesswoman myself, um, <clears throat> consistency is definitely important in all of that. And I, I give you credit, and I'm really proud of you, not just, you know, because you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> But because, you know, it takes a level of, you know, perse uh, perseverance and tenacity and, and grit to keep it up because it's so easy to say, oh, I, I don't, I'm not making these, you know, big six figures right away and uh, I'm, I'm ready to quit and you didn't do that. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I get what people mean when they say I can't afford to quit. I can't. I feel like I've put too much not even money, but passion. This is what I love to do. So if I really want to see it go where I know I can take it, mm -hmm. I have to see it. Right, right. That's true. And so I got to put that, you know, that dedication, that determination, and even that still has its its um, growth as well. Okay. that And that's so true. So we're talking as if everyone has heard the first podcast that you were on. Let's just backtrack just a little bit, all right? So tell us exactly what it is that you do and what exactly your business is and how you have grown it since then. So I am a massage therapist and I also specializing in stretching as well. Um, I mainly handle clients 
or clientele base where it's more medical. So if you have like sciatica, um, scoliosis, if, um, you know, you just want to become more mobile in your um, flexibility, I specialize in that. You know, it's really nice to have a good balance of clients that also just want to come to relax. And I'm not saying that I don't do that. I do as well. But I mainly want to focus on the medical side of it, where I'm helping you in the long run. You know, me and you are working together on your goals for how you want your muscles to be, especially if you're working out. If you want more, you know, stretch exercises or somebody who could just stretch for you because you just probably don't want to do it on your own. (laughs) Because who wants to do that? (laughs) Um, That's a real thing. I can definitely relate to that. I'd rather go and let someone stretch me than me do it myself because I don't have that motivation and that determination to to tell myself I need to stretch. And I can't say I do now. That's why, like, based off the podcast from I was on before, I wasn't really big on that. But now I have seen the benefits and have told the benefits. Um, And then this year, I also have been partnering with a beauty bar. So I have um, more range. I used to just go to people's houses, so more mobile business. Um, Now I can also add events into that as well. So I've had um, some companies wanting to do self-care days, and I love that. Yes. I am all for that. Oh, my gosh. I I love that companies are buying into that whole self-care theme. And I don't even want to say it's a theme because it's a lifestyle because – COVID has shown us that we really do not value ourselves as much as we should. And we need to take those self-care days. Um, I like to say self-care is not selfish. Oh my gosh, that is my motto. Right? Because it's not. And for those of us who are in the giving profession, like nursing and, um, you know, massage therapy, you're giving out your energy that takes a lot. So you have to replenish that. Otherwise, you're giving from an empty well. No, that is so true. And I, um, I have a lot of teachers and moms, of course, <laughs> too, who come in and I always remind them. Then that's part of why I love my job because I don't mind being that reminder. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you do forget about yourself. You do forget that it's not selfish. And I will gladly be here to remind you that it is not. (laughs) Take that time for yourself. Yes, you have to take that time for yourself. And also, I think businesses are recognizing that if you take care of your employees or help your employees take better care of themselves, you have better employee retention within that company because they feel like you value them as not just a number that can be replaced if they're not doing their job, but you value them as a person and a human being and that you want them to be at their best and them being at their best health-wise helps them perform better for you as an employer. Oh, of course. Right, so. And I love that companies are starting to see that now. So that's, you know, a plus for my business as well. All right, what's the name of your business? Luna Vitality. Ah, love it. Luna Vitality. Yeah, so I'm trying to go into the mindset of everything is energy-based. Mm-hmm. And I love the mood, so why not? Mood <laughs> energy. Just in a different way of saying it. Yeah, I love it. So you've partnered up with a beauty bar. Yes. How has that been? 
it's been a good eye opener on starting your own business and not just a business, but a black owned business Mm. and having women not only experienced in life, but experienced in the business aspect as well, because um, these two women that I partnered with are around your age and have kids around my age. So it's good to see things from a different perspective. Okay. And still not get treated like a child. Because, you know, that also has its issues. It could have, I should say. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a partnership, but I also see it as a mentorship. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so that you're, you're also growing as a business owner while running your business and taking information from these two women um, and, and growing you. Right. All right. And they're and they're very open to teaching me things as well. So that's also appreciated because you know it's it's one thing for it to be a one sided versus you know it's it's both sides. You know we're both teaching each other. Right. And I like that you said that you're both teaching each other because um here's the thing it it's one of those things where. We forget that even though we are of a certain age, that we can't learn anything from the younger generation, which that's so not true. Um, you guys are seeing things with a different set of lenses, a newer set of lenses, because ours are cloudy. Let's just face it, okay? <laughs> um, I'm not um, foreign to that thought process. Our lenses are cloudy as hell. Okay, and I love the fact that we're willing to take information from both sides and and use it to grow, and the fact that it being a women a women predominantly woman owned company or it is a woman owned company and black owned, you guys are stepping away from that. Um, what I want to say. Uh, not uh, the, 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 the norm of what has been of we attacking one another being black women, right? Mm-hmm. It's two different generations, too. Yes, especially two different generations. So I love that um, we are changing that, that culture and, and helping each other and straightening each other's crown, right? Straightening each other's mm-hmm. crown. It's like okay, I see you're a little off today. Let let me let me find out what's happening within you. Um, and, and the understanding. Mm. I'm big on understanding because it's one thing for, you know, somebody you're either partnering with, or you know your nine to five jobs where you're working with somebody, and it's like they say they understand, mm-hmm. but you know they really don't. Versus you know somebody taking the time. To not just say they're understanding, but it shows that they're also understanding. Yeah. They don't make you feel bad about anything. And they honestly remind me <laughs> that I'm a grown woman sometimes. <laughs> right. Oh. And I love that. You know what? And that is so true because I, even in my generation, even for me, I mean, I'm what, 48 years old. I'm not scared to say it. I know people say women shouldn't say their age. Hell, I'm 48 years old. And I'm happy for those 48 years. Dang it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> be proud of it. 
right? But um, it's one of those things where I find myself in that same headspace when I'm in the company in the in in the company of women who are of my grandmother's generation, of my aunt's generation, because it's like automatically you feel like you're back in that child position. And yes. you can't say those things because, oh, my God, auntie's going to, you know, think something of me or, you know, whatever. Um, okay. And then it's like I I also have to do that, too, constantly remind myself, you, you're a grown-ass woman. Okay, you are an adult. You pay bills out here. I pay bills. I can say this. I'm okay. I'm being respectful. Come on now. Um, and, it's, and it's like they're also teaching me to have that assertiveness as well that is needed in a business, especially a business that are run by women and black women, because we're not taken seriously in the real world, let alone the business world. No, and that's that's so true. And I am so glad. I am so proud that you are learning that now at your 26 years of age, whereas here I am, like I said, at the age I am now, and I'm just getting to to really step into that wholeheartedly. And and still, like I said, I'm still in that that stage where I still fall back and like, no, 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 no. You're grown. You're a businesswoman. You got education behind you. Step up. Show your yeah, worth. Don't don't also discredit that either because I I see that as a motivation for me as well because you have always told us but now you're also a a prime example of it's never too late Mm -hmm. and that also helps me learn how to take my time and not rush the process and to not look so far into the future and focus on the now because that's what's happening right and yeah and it it really is it's what's happening and that's a constant reminder too for me um you know hearing from you and you know saying that I am like a leader and I am that inspiration is like holy shit somebody's actually really watching what I'm what I'm doing damn it (laughs) yeah I'm so I'm so proud oh my gosh I I brag about you like like how you brag about me (laughs) you know that you're you're always that mom that brags about her children and now I'm bragging about you because I I'm so proud because I know how much you have wanted this, you know, I can only imagine your whole life versus just my whole life. Mm. Yeah. Like looking back on, you know, growing up, it's like, I, 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 I didn't know them, the signs at the time, but like looking back now, you, you got everything you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that for you. <laughs> the husband, you know, you're, you're still working on your jobs, but you have it. Yeah. You're following your dreams with the acting. You got the podcast going, you know, and it's, and it's not about how many times you go back and forth on what you're doing. You're still doing it. Yeah. And, and I, I love that. For you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, 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 it's one of those things that, like I said, it's a reminder that people are watching. And uh, I think that the fact that people are watching is what, helps me keep that tenacity and that perseverance going because, um, as I told you earlier, you know, failure to me is not continuing on and pursuing that passion. And that's what I love about what you're doing. You did not 
go the traditional route for school and and neither did I. Not that there's anything wrong with the traditional route, but you recognize earlier on that traditional school is not for you. You know? I tried. <laughs> She's like, I tried. I tried and I did and I think um even to this day I still not regret because I find I try to live my life without having regrets but like lessons or things to learn from, you know, do differently. Right. And um so when it comes to not going to college or, you know, I did go and ended up dropping out because like you said, I realized it just wasn't for me. I still to this day feel like not bad, but think about, you know, what your what my life could have been if I did go that route. And I think that's also what keeps me driven with what I'm doing now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because college isn't for everyone. And who's to say that you won't go back at, you know, a later age to do something else or to strengthen what you're currently doing? That's not to say that that's not going to happen. It's just that at that point in time, it wasn't the right thing for you. And it would have been wrong for me as a parent to push that because then again, like you said, what would have happened? You know, you might not have had that drive, that tenacity, that, you know, that grit to do what you're doing right now. So, um, I would say, like you said, you don't live your life with regrets. It's, it's nothing to, to regret. It's a lesson. You look back on it's like, yep, I did it. I tried it. <laughs> Wasn't it? Not at all. <laughs> it's okay. You know? And I'm glad you didn't look at it at, on yourself. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you did, but I hope you didn't see it as a failure or feel like you were a failure because you weren't and I and I tried really hard not to push that like like you were a failure onto you because you weren't no and I also didn't just drop out I still had a job and I can say that that is you know not going the college route like you said it's, it's not a bad thing I did have that feeling where I think for a couple years I did feel like a failure because you know I'm still surrounded by people who who think that, you know, just because you go to college and you get a degree that, you know, you're you're put on a on a higher level than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also why I was um, skeptical at first about college, to be honest, because I don't like that mindset. Because at the end of the day, we all have our own paths to follow. So who are you to say that just because you went to college that you know more than me? That... Just because college doesn't mean I don't read books. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just because you went to college doesn't mean that you're smarter than me. No. I, I mean, I, I love that you said that because that is so true. And I think so many people need to hear that, um, especially coming from your generation, not just mine, um, because I'm a firm believer in that. That doesn't mean that I you don't have you lack knowledge of any sort, not by any means. I mean, I just met this gentleman who works for this big uh, company that I will not name because they are not paying my sponsorship to okay. have me name them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, We're not giving out free promos. <laughs> right. So they shall remain nameless, but it's a, it's a huge uh, company that he is working for. And he dropped out of school and just was part of all these little startups. 
and now he's making all these millions of dollars or thousands of dollars. I don't know how much he's making. He didn't tell me and he didn't show me his paycheck. But because he's working for this big company, I uh, I am going to put my ass out there and say I'm assuming <laughs> <laughs> that he is making big dollars, right? So, um yeah, so it goes to show that it just one of those things. And a lot of these business owners, I you know, all these business books that I've read you know, for my own personal business growth, it, you know, they all say it too. You know, you don't have to have a college degree to start a business. If you have an idea, a plan, a business plan, and a great product or a great, um, you know, service that you're providing, then it shall pay for itself, If especially if you have the passion for it. And I, I see that for you because you've taken, um, because before you had Luna Vitality, it was something else, right? Yes, it was Blissfully Serene, and it just, that name kind of reflected, I guess you could say just the old mindset that I had. Mm. I feel like when I first started the business, um, I think I cared too much about what people thought. Mm. And mainly because financially, you know, you still have to keep a nine-to-five just to pay bills until, you know, your business is where it wants to be. And because massage, the massage world is still small, it's like I always had that fear. It's like, oh, crap, like, let me focus more on my 9 to 5 because that's where the income is coming from. That's what's getting the bills paid. And it was keeping me from focusing on my business. Because mm-hmm. I had that fear. It's like, you know, somebody's going to talk. And then I have to think about who cares. <laughs> right. Who cares? Because I also have that work ethic in me where I know I'm going to be good regardless. Mm-hmm. And because of the partnership that I have with the two ladies this year, that's also giving me a little more of, you know, and I don't care what people think mindset because... People know how good I am. Right. People are putting my business out there. And then I'm also finding ways on how to get my business out there myself. But I've had at least three clients offer for me to massage in their house as if that little room that they set up was just for my business. So I'm like, if people, if I get more people, or even just like a small handful on top of what I already have, I know how far I could take this. So I don't, I shouldn't have that fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my nine to five because that's the point. (laughs) Right. That's the point to eventually not need that nine to five. Right. So with that, what has been the challenges that you've been facing so far? With the business? Yeah. With, yeah. With the business. Um, I would say just uh, the fact that there's no days off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everyone. Yes. So when you're an entrepreneur, there is no days off. Okay. Even when you're on vacation, you are thinking about your business. (laughs) Yes. And if you're not physically doing something for your business, you are mentally doing something for your business. You just can't stop (laughs) because there's always something more to be done. And it's not a bad thing. I, I'm always trying to look at the positive of everything. But nobody talked about that. There's no days off. <laughs> um, but it's also because there's no days off, you're doing everything yourself. Yes. 
I'm starting to see why people have assistants and secretaries. Oh my gosh. And and right now it's like, I, I think about it, even for me, it's like, what would I even delegate to my secretary? And what would I tell them to do? Because I'm so used to doing it all myself, ordering my labels, ordering my product, ordering, doing the lesson plan. I mean, it's, it's, ugh, it's never ending. So yeah, I get it. I wouldn't even know where to begin delegating, to be honest. Yeah, I think the only thing I need is for them to take the phone calls because... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Take all my calls. I see why, like, movies and TV shows, they're like, hold all my calls because, yes, I don't want to take them. <laughs> 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 because I'm starting to realize that being assertive is very important in your business, especially when people know you're just starting off because they will try each way to walk all over you. Oh, yes. And, and try to wiggle into getting what they want. For less. For less. Yes. So. And, and then I have to ask myself, it's like, you wouldn't treat companies that are very popular, because I'm not naming names because we're not doing free promo. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, you know, everyone knows, like, the common massage places that you see on TV, you know, commercials being advertised, pamphlets. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that to them. Right. So why would you come over here and do this to me? Exactly. And then I think to add to that is that you're a black woman, so you all automatically are expected to lessen what it is that you're offering and price-wise, right? Yep. And then because I'm black, and honestly, most of my clientele, I'm black and Hispanic. So most of my clientele are also black and Hispanic. So it also comes into that where they they expect a certain thing from you because you're a black-owned business. They want you to be cheaper, but that's not it. And then sometimes it comes down to because we're both black or because, you know, we both Hispanic, they think that I should be handing out discounts as well. Right. Whereas Everything you're... From their time, we're not friends. Let's, let's understand that. And I think that's where it kind of gets confused. It's like, I don't mind building rapport with my clientele. I really do not. I feel like that's what helps the relationship with, you know, you know, professionally with, you know, therapist to client. Yes. Because the point is to, you have long-term goals. So why not build that rapport with them? But sometimes I feel like people take rapport Mm. and kind of. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I, I totally understand that. And I and that's why I was asking that's the that's the main thing I wanted to get to to see if you were mention that as one of your challenges in the business because I find that a lot of minority owned businesses, it is our own uh culture that is expecting handouts and di- discounts, okay? It, this is not the nineties, like I got the hookup. No, no, there's 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 no hookup. Okay. And I think my prices are fair. Yeah. Especially going, and that's why I, I like still having my nine to five because most of these spas and massage places are charging almost double of what I'm charging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and, and then you also don't understand that, and it's not, you know, anything that I should have to mention to you, but it also is just common sense. There is something that in most businesses we call grandfathered in, which means if you have been with the company for a certain amount of time and then prices decide to go up, 
you're not affected by that because you have been here before the prices went up. So we, at least in a massage business, I don't know if they call it anything else somewhere else, but we call it your grandfathered in. Right. Your price that you have been paying, you're going to continue to pay because you've been paying it for X amount of years. Mm -hmm. This new price is for, you know, people who have only been here for way less than that or new people. And that makes sense. Prices have to go up. I mean, look look at the price of just going to the grocery store, for God's sakes. Gosh. All right. So, you know, there, there is that natural inflation in the price. And plus, you know, um, I, I'm a firm believer in paying someone what they're worth. Okay. Um, I, I think this, this happened. I was buying jewelry or something from one of the Navajo tables that were when we were out in like traveling somewhere. I think it was like Sedona or something. And there was a piece of jewelry that I liked. And the guy was like, oh, it's $200. I'm like, oh, I'm like, all right, no worries. I was like, oh, you know, maybe if I see it again or maybe next time something else. And he lowered his prices. And I'm like, no. I said, stop. I said, I'm not telling you no because I want you to lower your price. I'm, I'm telling you no because I want to pay you what you're worth, your time mm-hmm. and energy that you put into that. And I honestly do not have it. But I'm not saying that for you to lower it so that you can give it to me. And I know that has been um, a thing, especially growing up. It's so common. But growing up in Brooklyn, you know, that used to be the thing. That used to be the haggle, the hustle right there, you know. Everything was a negotiation. Right. Everything was a negotiation. You know, they give you a price. You're like, nah. And then you you start to walk away. They're like, wait, wait, wait. I'll give it to you for this. And then you turn around like, all right, cool. You know, no, it's not that anymore. People earned and are expected to get paid what they're worth. And I'm finding that too for myself in, you know, not my nine to to five business, right? Because even in nine to five business is never seen for us as women, especially black women to negotiate our worth, right? Well, you taught us that from a young age too, because I had just told Eris that when, since he started his business, when it comes to negotiation, or even if it's negotiation, you're negotiating your worth, because that's also a thing too. Mm-hmm. And so, if you lowball yourself, then you're seeing you're you're not worth it. Yeah, you're and not then we're gonna fall from if they say no to that. Right, right. So I that every time that I remember you taught us that as kids, you always start off where your worth is, your highest. Mm-hmm. because there's always going to be somebody who thinks that's not enough yep. and you need something to fall down to yep. that is still within your worth and within your means. Yep. Because that way, if they negotiate down, it's still within your worth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm glad that you, you stick to your guns and it's like, no, I'm not lowering my prices. No, there is no discount unless I offer a discount on some random holiday that I deem necessary and I give you a discount code, please don't ask if there's a discount. And sometimes even if you give somebody a discount who isn't looking for it, they won't even take it because I just ran into that issue. Or not issue, that situation. Hmm. I had to um, cancel a client because I had got the flu. Right. And um, I told them because I really hate canceling, even with my day job because... I love what I do, and I don't do it. I always tell people this. I don't really do it for the money. I do it because the the way you feel 
after when you leave versus how you came in is enough for me. That mm-hmm. is my goal every time. And to keep that happening for you. Mm-hmm. I can't you. <laughs> so when um I had to call out, it does bother me. Mm-hmm. But like everyone says, you have to put yourself first, especially being sick and I'm going to other people's houses. I can't do that. I can never feel good about coming to your house sick and then you get sick. I'm the first to blame anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I ended up giving um, $10 off. Right. And they scheduled um, for a couple weeks after that week I was sick. And I had went back. And um, anytime you book with me, you have to put a deposit of half down mm-hmm. first. Because that also counts as your case, your cancellation fee if you decide to cancel. Um, so the other half is always paid after the session. So I usually get asked, you know, how much is it after and I tell them, and, you know, I don't include tip, but I always say it's never expected, but it is appreciated. Um, and I reminded them, I was like, you know, it is $10 off. So when you include that into the payment that you're sending, just make sure you include it with the $10 off. So I gave them the price. It was like $30 instead of $40. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, oh, no, why did you do that? I was like, I have canceled your appointment, remember, two weeks ago. And I told you I would give you $10 off because that was an inconvenience to you. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, no, we're just going to pay it anyway. We're just going to act like it just never happened. You got to take care of yourself. You got to put yourself first. So it's like, it feels great. <laughs> right. That's- to have somebody understand. Mm-hmm. And even when you do try to give them that discount, they don't even take it. <laughs> Right. But then, you know, that's someone that sees value in you and appreciates you as well as uh, a service provider, right? Because you're actually helping them, like you said, you're helping them feel better. It's a physical labor job. <laughs> yes. It, I mean, and guys, let me tell you guys out there, she is not a big girl. <laughs> I'm little. She's I am a- five foot. <laughs> and I'm skinny. I'm little. <laughs> she's a little tiny thing massaging you know people of various sizes and so um it's it can be and is physically and energy taxing on her so believe me it is not easy so if you go to any physical therapist out there be kind please please be kind because we we are not doing this with with a lot of enthusiasm on some days because it's it's taxing to the body and because it's energy transferring as well it could be taxing on the mind um because you know you come from you come everyone comes from different walks of life mm-hmm. and that's why i always tell my clients it's always judgment free when, when you're with me and that's so true because who am i to judge your life who am i to judge you know you Mm-hmm. what you look like, you know, how your body looks. And and that's another thing I need people to understand. I'm not looking at your body per se. I And it's not any disrespect to anybody. It's literally, and most good massage therapists will probably say the same thing. You're a body on the table that I'm trying to make sure is, is, is good when you get off. Right. <laughs> I'm not looking at your rolls. I'm not looking at your feet oh my gosh and judging you no that's not no I'm not doing that if anything at least for me it's not a visual it's more of touch I can I need to feel your muscles 
So whatever I'm visioning in my head or picturing, you're literally just a body. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because it, it is true because I've received massages out in, you know, again, no name places because, again, no free um, sponsorship no. here. Here, Nope, no free, free ads here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, I've I've done that for sure, and yeah, you're you're very conscious. It's like, oh my god, I gotta get my feet done before I go get my massage done. <laughs> because yeah, I, I care about that. I really don't. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> I am not gonna be like, oh my gosh, like did you like why didn't you get your feet done? That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> the most I'm gonna say is, what have you been doing that your shoulders are feeling like this? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm trying to get to the bottom of why your muscles are feeling the way that they are. Why is your lower back, you know, one's higher than the other with your hips? Is your mobility good? Like, those are the things I'm concerned about. (laughs) Especially when I get a lot of moms, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, if I'm going to be face up, because, you know, when you're um, in supine, which is, you know, face up on your back, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I just had a kid, ma'am. Kudos to you, superwoman. That's not what I'm here for. (laughs) Okay? I love that, and I'm glad that you, because I have, like, three, four kid moms that really come to me. It's very rare that I get, you know, new, I have a few new moms, but it's not like their first rodeo kind of moms. Mm -hmm. And even those kind of moms are even funny, too, because some, you get some moms where it's like, oh, I just had a kid. And they're, like, self-conscious. And then you get the other moms, plus older women I also find are like this as well, where they're just like, I look like what I look like. It is what it is. (laughs) 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 And another thing, people need to stop changing in front of me, please. Can we make that a rule? (laughs) I know. You know what? I understand (laughs) you are comfortable with your body, and I love that. I am for that, and I love that for you. Because I would probably feel the same way, but because I am a massage therapist, I know nobody wants you to change in front of them. It doesn't matter how comfortable you are. It doesn't matter that we're both women. <laughs> She's like, please, please and thank you. Please and thank you. Please stop. <laughs> and please stop telling me that you have underwear on or not. <laughs> that also needs to be a spoken rule. When I say, please, everything comes off except for whatever's underneath your pants. Oh, I don't have anything on under. You didn't have to say that. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't have to share. You didn't have to share. It's okay. I, I was just telling you, you didn't need to tell me what was there. <laughs> that has to be a, a spoken rule. I'm tired of unspoken rules. We need that to be spoken. <laughs> <laughs> so um just so you guys all know that if you go to Maya for a massage she does not need to know whether or not you're a commando or not okay Lisa, um. thank you <laughs> that's funny but no and and, and and I love it I love that I I have the the mental capacity sometimes to be that non-judgmental and safe space for people though so I do appreciate that you know I have giving people that comfortability to feel like that around me um because that's 
how I strive to be as a friend, mm-hmm. uh, as a girlfriend, just anybody who comes into my life. I, I want you to feel comfortable around me. I want you to feel like we've known each other for several years. <laughs> right, right. Now, but, can we, but in in a business mindset, let's, let's keep it professional. <laughs> right, right. Now, just so everyone knows, she does massage both men and women because I don't want it to get construed that she doesn't massage oh, yes. men. Men, women. Um, I don't think children should get massaged, but I have learned that since COVID, it has been more of a norm. For children to get massages? Yes. Um, I've always had the mindset that children don't do enough to, mm-hmm. to need a massage. Some children, um, this is true. There are some. And that's where I had to change my mindset because, and especially since COVID. Mm-hmm where kids have spent a lot of time on the computers, but we also have new generation kids, at least after me as well, um, that have spent a lot of time on tablets. Yeah. And still do. Um, So I can't say that. And then also going from someone who played sports and danced most of my life, um, I probably could have used a massage. <laughs> right? Those stretching exercises, that the stretching that you, you now do, um, you probably could have used it and should have been doing it when you were dancing. Yes. <laughs> so I can now agree and, and say that, you know, any child over the age of 13, and I can say it, it has to, you have to be a teenager. I don't think that any, unless you have a physical reason for it, you don't really start playing sports heavily until you're a teenager mm-hmm. and your body doesn't start taking that toll or impacts until you become a teen because that's kind of also where you lack a little discipline. <laughs> yeah. But it, it you and know, you think that being told to stretch is not important. <laughs> but, and, and that's, and that's the thing because, um, we are finding that a lot of kids, I mean, you had cousins that were growing up, and as they were going, that their their parents forced them to do those those kid um, athletic groups, football and baseball. So they're out there hitting those balls, hitting the ground. Um, those kind of kids, yeah, they probably can use a massage or two. Um, mm-hmm. Let's be honest, even um, because I, I know I don't I don't condone it. People are breeding their kids to <laughs> breeding like they're animals. My excuse, my gosh. <laughs> I know, right? Excuse me, not breeding. My gosh. Um, no, but some parents just have a, a more stricter mindset when it comes to wanting their kids playing sports. Sometimes it's not an option for the kid. Right, and so they are out there day in and day out running drills and catching balls and doing all these things. And they could definitely use one. They can definitely use one. So and it's not just for the physical. The, the mental, just having a break. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I can't tell you how many of my clients go to sleep, and they apologize for, for falling asleep. Some men will apologize for snoring, and I always tell them, who am I to tell you to get up? Right. No. This is your second. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel... I feel glad that you trust me enough to fall asleep and, and still expect me to do a good job because most people would take that as an opportunity to, to not. Right, right. I've worked with people who took who rather their clients go to sleep because they see it as a break. I see it as I I could work and you could sleep in peace. Right. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you could do that. And, and the money. 
just a break from your day, even if it's just an hour. Yes, and your muscles are relaxed when you're sleeping. Right? Oh, yes. So it has to be much easier for you to manipulate because they're not tensing up as you're touching those sore muscles as much. It is. Because a lot of people don't also realize when they tense up. And I'll ask them, like, hey, can you relax a little bit? Or, like, I'll do, like, a little shake in their hands or legs. And um, I always ask, are you okay? Because mm -hmm. I don't ever want to tell somebody to relax. <laughs> right. Um, I always say, are you okay? And they're, and they always look confused. I was like, you know, you're still a little tense. And they're like, oh, I didn't even, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You're, you have been so used to the tenseness in your body, or some people are, are also hand movers when they talk. So there's times where, um, I have to ask, are you okay? Because that helps you, you know, kind of realize like, oh crap, I'm not relaxed. Right. Right. So, you know, um, it, you know, it's, it's just those that, that goes back to that whole self-care and relaxing and we don't give ourselves that opportunity and you know, you're right. That is that opportunity to do that. Um, so I tell my clients that all the time when I ask them, how are you today? I'm tired. Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Take this time to go to sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, who am I to tell you that you you can't be tired? This is one. This is your session. I always remind clients that this is your session. No. So and customize it how you want to. You don't have to get a full body. You can just get certain areas worked on. But also, this is your session to take to relax. Turn your phone off. Leave it in the car if you can. <laughs> right. And and take a nap or you know just relax. I have clients that come in and talk about their day. I have clients that come in and take a nap. Like, at least 80% of my clients at least fall asleep. <laughs> and I love it because I'm a nap advocate. <laughs> Everyone, especially adults, deserve to take a nap. <laughs> you sound like Dan. Dan, Dan, says, <laughs> Dan says the same thing. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> take it. Because it is a mental battle out here. And I can say that from full experience. It is mentally exhausting in this world. <laughs> mhm. Mm it really Eight is. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, <clears throat> I think we talked a little bit about that on the podcast last time too. Just mental. Yeah, just the the whole mental piece of that, and you know, talking about that mental piece, and you know, your business and things like that. Um, you mentioned it a couple of times about you know setting those boundaries. How how are you at setting those boundaries? I know we talked, it was a, it was a problem back then, right? On, on different levels, but how, what, are, how are your boundaries setting? Um, it has gotten more, I can't say easier to, to, to set it, mm -hmm. but nobody talks about keeping it. Ah. <laughs> you gotta keep that boundary, especially if that person doesn't earn the boundary to be let up. But also <laughs> the fact that you put a boundary with someone with all good intentions and nobody talks about how bad it can get. Hmm. And I think last podcast, two years ago, um, we talked about setting a boundary with my best friend I had at the time mm -hmm. because I'm dating her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, that experience 
was a lesson in everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a lesson in boundary setting. And like, that's what I mean by you have every good intention because she was more than a best friend. She was a sister. Mm-hmm family so having to set that boundary was already hard all by itself but not expecting the route that it took and now two years later (laughs) it hasn't gotten any better but I had to stick with it yeah I have to continue to stick with it even though that's his sister um thankfully because I know it probably would have ruined or gotten in the way of a lot of relationships it did help us get closer with each other Okay. But I can say that as a plus because, you know, when you're dealing with anybody with family, and that was the risk we took when we got together, which is the boundary we set with her, was, you know, it's not to get in between anyone's relationship, between me or her, between me and him, or him and her. Um, It actually brought me and him closer because me and her ended up not being friends anymore. Hmm. Wow. Because, yeah, it honestly came down to a lot of just hatred, I guess you could say. Wow. that's <laughs> when, when people aren't happy with what they want to be mm. or where they be in life. So jealousy. <laughs> so you would say it was jealousy. Yes. I just don't like that word, but yes. <laughs> and being envious. She was envious. Yes, because I was doing things with the family that she wouldn't bring herself to do. And that's why I can't, I have to stick with that boundary because after everything happens, Mm -hmm. I became the villain. And I would say probably the worst villain you can think of in her eyes. And she played that role for me towards everyone that would listen. Ah. So... Yeah, so having that happen, and you know that's my partner's family. Yeah. And that's a boundary all by itself, because that's a boundary we need to have within our relationship, and that we actually set with each other, but I had to put that boundary with her, and have him understand that, I understand that this is your sister, if she decides to come back and apologize for anything, or want to be in your life, and not mine, I can never say no to that. That is your family. That is your sister at the end of the day. But there has to be an understanding on where I lie into that because I cannot go back to being friends. And that's the boundary. Hmm. Now that's a firm boundary. Yeah, because I see it as if you can do it once, you can do it again. Hmm. And you did it so quickly the first time. Yeah, why was it so easy to do the first time if we were supposed to be such good friends? And that hurts the most. Nobody talks about how hard it is to lose a friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone talks about relationship breakups, but not friendships. That hurts. <laughs> sometimes friendship oh breakups. <laughs> sometimes friendship breakups hurt worse than relationship breakups because you know you're through. You expect relationships to to end at some point. Not not ex- friends. Right, and I don't want to say friends forever. Right, and I don't want to say you expect, but you know, it it wouldn't be far fetched if it did, right? Because no, and also real friends are supposed to be able to work through anything. Right. All she had to do was just have a conversation about how she felt 
That whole communication I, and piece. And that's what I meant earlier when I say when ev- everyone who comes into my life, I want them to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel safe. And I have always made people feel like that. And I think this was also a lesson because it made me feel like I was a bad friend. It made me question the type of person and friend that I was. And it was her, my, my, my partner, her brother, who reminded me that I'm a really good friend. <laughs> I'm a bomb friend, okay? <laughs> I care about my people. Because <laughs> I would sit in her house every day, put my depression aside, put my anxiety aside, just to be there. That's my that's my person. Right. Why wouldn't I do that for you? I've sat in your house. I have... Every time I see you, rather it's in your house, we go out to eat, we meet at the mall, you come to my house, the first thing out my mouth is, how are you feeling? How is your mental? Hmm. How many people could say they friends do that? True. Only your true friends will do that for you. Because I care about that. Mm-hmm. Because I know what it's like for me to go through it. So why would I not put that extra step forward to have to make sure you have somebody who also understands that. Hmm. So that's what made, that's what probably made it hurt the most is because you not only made me question who I was, but you also made other people question me. And so what does that say about those other people in, in my, in my mind? Um, because it shouldn't be so easy for other people. If they truly knew you and uh, understood you, respected you, and um, had a conversation with you, why was it so easy for them to automatically turn that way and say, oh, you are this person? You know, that is true. And I don't think I took the time to care enough to ask them that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I see it as you, you just don't know me. Because, and it's not even just about not knowing me. It's also about him because their father, who I haven't met yet, doesn't even know me, uh-huh. but knows his son. And he knows that his son would never be with somebody that she was trying to portray. Huh. And I can really appreciate that because you don't know me. Right. But you can trust your son. Mm-hmm. To not- somebody like that and that was enough for you to still defend me you didn't you didn't even meet me yet (laughs) well and that speaks volumes to his father and his father's character too because um even the women that have met you and and i think we talked about this the women that have met you because i went to the wedding right yeah (laughs) um and it's like seriously you were there you spoke I, I, it just still boggles my mind how that all went down but anyways yeah. um, was in, especially being a maid of honor like you can't you can't make somebody or put somebody in a position of being your maid of honor and treat them like that you can't call somebody your sister and treat them like that so this was a lot of reflection because you know, you put your so much all into somebody that you care about, mm-hmm. right? And you get blinded, and and and, and you know they say that relationships, um, love is blind. Mm-hmm. So is friendship, <laughs> right? But 
because you took, you love your friends. Yes, it's still an intimate relationship. And again, I think we talked about this in a, a, a different podcast. Um, I don't think it was with you, but um, with intimacy. Intimacy is not all sex, people. Not so. <laughs> it's for men and women or people in relationships. Yes, you have those intimate connections with your friends. And when that is broken, and, and I mean, it just tells me that um, she did not see you as that person. We were she... equal in our friendship. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize that. And you, you have to, I at least had to understand and see her for who she was. And I always did. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you have friends, you have to accept them for who they are. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. The same thing relationships, but we're talking about friends. Friends are supposed to be who they are without judgment. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that I would have judged her. It's just who she was never affected me until it did. Mm. Or until I realized that her, her way of being a friend wasn't really a friend. So I so I I see what you're saying. So you saw her for who she was to other people, but did not expect her to be that way towards you, right? Even though yeah. she was already showing you her true self. Yep. Yeah. No, that's the perfect way to say that. <laughs> yeah. Because she and always showed you who she was. Yeah. No, she did. And that's what I mean. You're 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 blinded because that's your person, that's your friend, that's your that we were each other's support. Mm -hmm. We went through similar experiences mentally, mm -hmm. uh, you know, certain experiences in life when it came to family. So it's like, how how do you not have that bond with each other? How do you not become each other's person? So it had to take me losing the friendship to realize it was really never truly a friendship to begin with. It was all one-sided. Mm -hmm. And that's why to understand why she felt the way she felt. But you can't, you can't blame or, or be upset with somebody who's doing things that you won't take the time to do for yourself. And mm. you get upset watching it happen but still won't take the time to put work into doing it and what I mean by that is um she got upset that I was spending time with my boyfriend which is her brother and his family but she wouldn't do but, the same but she wouldn't come and, and come out here and spend time with them whenever I offered to drive my own car pay tolls and pay for gas you just have to sit there and you still kept saying no. I don't know if not everyone thinks like this, but I have always, I've come across a lot of people who think like this. When you keep inviting somebody to places or to do things and they keep saying no or have a reason not to go, you're going to stop asking. Absolutely. Until you let me know when you're ready. Mm-hmm. I would sit at her house. Every two weeks, I would go see him. Or he would come here. And I always, and I told her that was part of the podcast um, the first time, two years ago. Yeah. When me and him were supposed to sit and have a conversation with her to not ask permission, but to get in 
and uh, an understanding that we we have feelings for each other. We want to see where this can go. And you gave us our your your blessing. And now you're trying to be upset at the fact that I'm doing my part as a girlfriend. I am not the girlfriend. I'm sorry. I'm not the type of girlfriend to just come for you. I am a family person. I am a family person through and through. I know I'm not dating your family, but I'm dating you and your family comes to as a package. Right. No, you're right. Absolutely. And I'm not going to be rude if you're a family or you, because it's not just the family. You want me to be with you when you go to family functions. Mm-hmm. So who am I to say, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to be with you. What? No. (laughs) And not just that, but if your family, like your sisters and your cousins are inviting me out somewhere, I like that. Right. Because that that shows that that I don't have to have you around me to be with your family. Exactly. And they, that's a family and they see you and they want you to be a part of the family. That's how a true family works. It doesn't matter if you're in-laws or not. Right. Family is family. If you see somebody as family, you're going to include them. Because they even tell me, you don't have to have him around to hang out with us. Thank you, because I love that. Right. (laughs) And anyone who has a partner that you truly love, you could understand that you don't, you might want to be around your partner all day, every day, but at the same time, you don't. (laughs) Right. Let's be real. There's moments where you don't. There's moments where you just want some you time. And that's okay. It's perfectly fine. But you can't be mad at the effort I'm putting in that you're not putting in. And that's what she was doing. She was upset and felt like I took her place. And that's another confusion. I can't take a place that's not mine to take. You are a sister. Mm -hmm. I'm a girlfriend. We have two different roles that we're playing. I might be a sister to you, and maybe that's where you got confused, but I'm not a sister. I'm not blood family. I can't take a place of something that isn't meant for me. No, that's true. That is very true. And And you can't be mad at me for spending time with your family that you have all the opportunity in the world to spend time with. Yeah. Yeah, so she has a lot that she definitely has to unpack within herself because, um... I, I did not see this going in this direction. I mean... And I felt disrespected, too, because you were involved. And you know I don't play about you. I do. Anyone on this podcast or listening knows I don't play about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are. I don't play about my mother. <laughs> I don't involve my mom in things that shouldn't be involved in. And the fact that you went to her wedding, mom... <laughs> That's what ate me up the most. I was so upset. I was like, my mom flew into your wedding. Just <laughs> for you to treat me like this. I had a whole moment because <laughs> you could have stayed home or we could have just did something together. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, it was... and, and that's where that, you know, that realization for me happened where it's like you never took me seriously and calling me a sister and considering me your family because I have I've had an argument with one of my other friends who we haven't really been friends for that long Mm -hmm. and we had it out and I knew it was just because when she gets overwhelmed she gets very emotional Mm -hmm. and she doesn't think before she reacts so Ah. she came at me about something that I felt wasn't for me. 
because we've talked about it and I'm a very understanding person so I felt like the lash out wasn't necessary for me and you grouped me in with everybody else that you should have been lashing out at see that's and we we got into it back and forth See, that's hard. And I, you know, and again, I commend you for maintaining your boundaries in, in that because you did, you, you stood strong. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not accepting that. I'm not tolerating that. And I'll give you every opportunity to correct yourself. And, and you I know, you have to talk to me. Yeah. Communication is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but with that friends, like I said, me and her haven't been friends for a while. Uh, or for that long compared to, um, you know, my boyfriend's sister. Uh -huh. Me and her were friends for a good, like, six years. Um, the one that I just had it out with, we've only known each other for probably two, three. Mm -hmm. We got into it, talked it out a little bit. We didn't even go into details about what happened. I told her, I was like, look, I know you're just being emotional right now. I'll let you have your moment, your space, your time, and then come back correctly, you know? Um all she did was apologize, and we're back to normal. We didn't even have a full conversation about what happened. Like, she she wanted to. Mm -hmm. But now we can still function like we did before that happened. That's a friendship, in yeah. my eyes, where you can have it out with somebody and understand that you're just having a moment, and you didn't mean it like that, but next time, don't do it again. <laughs> right. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> and we can continue our friendship as if that part never happened. That's what I expected mm -hmm. from the six-year friendship because that's what it was supposed to be giving. When you call somebody a sister, you're supposed to have moments like that. No, no relationship or friendship is perfect. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be times where you get something confused mm -hmm. and you let your emotions get the best of you. But you talk about it like adults that you are and the friends that you are and you learn how to move past it and continue the friendship from there on out yeah but you know people don't know she how to be yeah people don't know how to be friends with people um and when you are we and we talked about this early in the conversation when you are groomed as women it's always a cattiness a, always a competition right Who's pretty? You know, you're prettier than me. I think you're. You got this. This more than me. You got this job. It's always a competition, but it's not. It's not, and life would be so much easier if everyone knew that or could see that. Yeah, I'm. I, the only person I'm in competition with is me. Is me. <laughs> okay. The I was yesterday. Right, and the person I was yesterday. Okay, that's the only competition I have. Is is is. That me, myself, and I, okay, the three of us can throw down. <laughs> okay, and, and I have to look at. I try to look at the positives, like I said before. So I can say that this situation needed to happen mm -hmm. because, like, and I was blinded, and I think I was blinded for too long, where I had to see the true colors of everything. And with that boundary, nobody ever talks about. There might come another boundary, <laughs> <laughs> and having to stick to it. Because it's a heartbreak, and that's what I mentioned earlier. Friendships are heartbreaking. Yeah. True friendships that you really care about somebody is heartbreaking. And she has um, slowly made her way back mm. into the live. So um, something I didn't mention, she ended up texting 
one of the other siblings. So there's seven of them. Mm-hmm. Me, him, my boyfriend, and his other sister, the oldest one, were the ones caught in all this crossfire. Mm-hmm. He has come back and apologized to the oldest sister. Wow. Which means he's taking her way through. Gotcha. You know, taking her time. Um, and it comes with a new boundary because this is what me and my boyfriend were preparing for. Mm-hmm. Because it's his sister. We can't, no way, shape, or form, because me and him are staying together. Like, anyone who knows us knows that. Right. <laughs> We're in this for the long run. So I also need to understand and have that understanding that because this is his sister, there's no getting away from her. Right. And that's where that boundary comes in because no one mentions, you know, there's a part of you that doesn't want to have this boundary because not only is it because it's his sister, but because this was a person for you and you always want to give them that chance. Hmm. You want them to redeem themselves. You want everything to go back to how it was. And Mm. nobody or most people can't think that it's never going to be the same. And I can at least say from this situation itself, it can't be the same because it was never true to begin with. Mm -hmm. And trust. The, The fact that if you can try to destroy somebody's character so easily, as why I said earlier, what's to stop you from doing it again? So that's why the boundary mm-hmm. has to come firm. Yeah, you really have to stick have to it. To stick with it. Mm-hmm. Because you can easily backslide into what was what was before. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's gonna be a major setback because, you know. It did bring the relationship of me and my boyfriend closer because now we see how much of a team we could be against anybody. Because, and I'm a firm believer. Anyone who knows me knows this. Whenever you get a relationship, it's never. It's always you guys against everybody else. You and me against the world. That's why I used to sing to you guys. Yes, and that <laughs> is because. You have your immediate family who you grew up with, but then you have your family that you're trying to build for your future. Mm-hmm. And that's the family that needs to focus. Right. So, I, and I'm glad you said that because there's so many of us in this generation, the baby boomers, all, all of that, who feel like when our children get married, we're gaining a son, we're gaining a daughter. And it's like, no. They are starting a relationship and a family. That's not... We are extended family now. Yes. We are extended family. We... They... Your family has no obligation to to, to include us. Because we're extended. (laughs) We're extended. Right? (laughs) I should not be expecting you to, to be at my house every Sunday for dinner. Every holiday. Every... No. That just does not make sense. Because it's not realistic. no, it's not realistic, and that's not what it's supposed to be. Yes, in in some part of our ancestral line, it used to be that where we all lived under one roof, and yeah, it still happens to this day. It still happens, and you know, once upon a time in my life of my mind of of crazy, 
<laughs> of floating um, ideas that I've, uh, I have many of. I, I thought about that too, having, you know, a large house and like many immigrant families do, they pool their resources and they have like this ginormous house where you got your one family lives on the east wing, one family lives on the west wing. We've talked about this. Right? We've talked about this, right? My boyfriend's family had the same mindset, too. And and that's where me and him had to, well, at least me, because, you know, when you have a certain dependency, codependency with your family, you have limited room to think for yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So me and him have agreed and have multiple conversations even to this day two years in multiple conversations on breaking generational curses as you can say Mm -hmm. because you you grow up with a family mindset and I like I said I'm all for family I love family I would love to be at Sunday dinners every Sunday but realistically there's going to be a Sunday where I'm like I don't want to leave my house right (laughs) And that happens more often than people think, and it didn't take until being with my boyfriend, because he is also such a family man, and he's probably had more opportunities than I've had to be a family man. Um, And I've seen how many times he just doesn't want to (laughs) go. Right, he's like, I don't want to go. And he does it anyway, because that's what you do for family, and that's what I want to break. Yes. not... It's not the not being around family, but the not feeling the need to have to be around when you don't want to. Take out that obligation. It needs to be okay. Yes. It's okay for you to say, you know what? I love you. I would love to be there, but I really don't feel like it. And it has nothing to do with you and I don't want to engage. I just really don't feel like it. And that's okay. Right. And it also doesn't mean that I'm going to be okay next week. It doesn't have to be every time thing yeah it it also has to give that comfortability of understanding right and as it's okay right and as family we have to be like okay no worries I'll see I'll catch you next time whenever you feel up to it you know that kind of thing and and I I totally get it because I'm I'm the same way like holidays now that you guys are all grown and in your corners of the world (laughs) you know starting your own families you know, it's like, um, wow, I don't have to go anywhere for, you know, holidays if I don't choose to. Um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I know, right? I love that feeling. <laughs> um, so, and, and, and I do find myself in that position like you that I feel guilty. Like, uh, your uncle invited us to Thanksgiving this, this year. Um, and, right. he, and he has every year since we've been living out here in Arizona, which I I thoroughly appreciate, and I know it's more exciting for him because he hasn't had family, like blood family, me, home for the holidays. So I I. right, so for him is it, very nostalgic. I I, I, yeah. I I'm this is my perception of it. No, because it's it's family. Like who, who, like any right person who's a family person at that, who wouldn't want to be around family. So you're always gonna have that that small little guilt. But but I feel like that's also come from generations of telling you family's family. You have to love family. You gotta be with family. You know you gotta accept things from family. And that's what me and him are trying to break with our future. Yeah, yeah. Because. 
some things aren't okay just because they're family. No, it's not. You know, some things don't have to be tolerated, especially, and I've realized this now that I'm an adult, and I, I say this to every advantage that I can get. I'm an adult now. I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. that is That is so true. But I don't find it true for only adults, and I've realized that now that it could also be true for your children. Just because their family, your children doesn't have don't they don't have to deal with that. They don't have to deal with a certain family member they don't like. And especially because I'm an energy person. Sometimes you can just feel somebody's energy and know that it's not for you. And I think that's something we should definitely start listening more to because um I, I agree. As I have grown um these years and have seen and I think you've noticed it as you were a kid growing up, um, I started to also be that because I would say, no, it's your grandmother. You got to go. And then it's like, I don't want to go. It's like, okay, fine. Don't go. (laughs) 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 Because there's a reason why you don't want to go. And one day you'll tell me which you did. And so, um, why you don't want to go. And I respect that. And, and it's okay. And you're right. We have to stop making our children do things that they don't want to do. Or at and least... No do it. Right. And, 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 and at least find out why they don't want to do it. Yes. Just listen. And that's really all it comes to. And I, and I honestly um, just talked to somebody about this where it's not... It doesn't come from, you know, envious or, you know, anything spiteful. It just really comes from the fact that you try so hard to have what, to have your kids have what you didn't have. Mm-hmm. And it takes away from being able to listen to what they want. Mm-hmm. You think as a parent, not just you specifically, but most parents of your generation or older as well come from, I just want my kids to have what I didn't have. And you think that because you didn't have, like, for example, you know, I didn't get all these toys for Christmas when I was a kid. So you're going to get all these toys. But what if it's not what they want? Right. You're just giving them random things because you didn't have it, but you're not listening to the fact that it's not what they want. Yeah. And I, and I get that because I used to love your Christmas list. I want chapstick, lotion. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> What is wrong with you? How about this? You know? adult, I still want those things. Right. <laughs> but, but I'm like, huh? You want chapstick, lotion, and this? I'm I like, know. You're a kid. Let me get you all these toys and Barbies. <laughs> right. And, and you, you guys really didn't want that stuff. You really just wanted the different chapsticks and the different lotions and the different whatevers. It was just so simplistic. Right? Mm-hmm. Some parents also come from, you know, I was poor growing up. You know, I've I ran, and that's where the conversation really stemmed from the other day was, it was a reference to, you know, this par- these two parents both came from poverty. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make sure that they made enough money for their children, but realized that because they were working so hard, they weren't home enough. So they always made that argument where it's like, we didn't have this much money growing up, so you should be grateful. You know, we're providing for you. And then it comes when they get older, they're like, Mom, all I wanted was for you to hug me <laughs> and to love me and come to my games. Right, right. We didn't care about the money. Right. And, and but you work so hard to give your kids what you don't want. And it's like, that's why I said it's nobody's fault. Mm-hmm. 
You're right. It, and, and that's it. And, and, you know, for me, it was like that hard balance because, you know, you're, you're trying to set those boundaries, right? You're trying to go here and do work and then you're trying to be here. I swear, I don't know how I made it to half the things that I made it to. <laughs> Like, I'm just glad you made it. <laughs> I swear. And every time with a big iPad, I tell all my friends this, like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm so, like, and that's why I, I like the fact that, like you said, it's better that I'm doing the boundaries now because being 26, I have so much more perspective on why everything was the way it was growing up. Mm-hmm. It's honestly giving me that motivation, that determination to set these boundaries because you did it while having children. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do it before they get here <laughs> <laughs> because I see how hard it is and I see how how unintentionally easy it is to, to pour onto your children without even knowing. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot to pour. <laughs> right. And I don't want to pour even a, a, a drop. <laughs> right. On our children because I, and I, I have, and like I said, me and him have these conversations so often because I really want it to be understood, heard, and I need it to be spoken out loud so I can constantly remember that I really want our children to be surrounded by everyone who loves and truly adores them. Mm-hmm. family or not if you're not one of those people and not just for our children but for ourselves mm-hmm. as well because not a lot of people also take account that you do things for your children that bother you yeah that eat you inside yeah and that's good either because you need to make sure you're okay for your kids to be okay and if they see that you stuck things up in the sake of others, that's how they grow up to be. Yes. So I'm glad you said that too, because you know you talk about people who say I'm we're in in the they're staying in a bad relationship and marriage. We're doing it for the sake of the kids to keep the kids together. Because I grew up without two parent household. Oh no, it's more toxic for them to see you together. You know, trying to fight the animosity. You think they don't feel that energy? They feel that yeah. toxic energy. Children don't need parents to be together. They just need two happy parents. Thank you. Say it again. <laughs> and then that also goes into what I literally just told Eris today. I was, um, you know how they always ask, a lot of men get asked this, but um, it's a general question that gets asked a lot, where it says, between your mom, your children, and your spouse, who comes first? Oh, I, I you know what? That's just ridiculous. And a lot of people put their parents first. A lot of men, I can say, will put their mom first. No. And that's a different outcome all by itself. Right. But then a lot of people, men and women, put their children first. Mm -hmm. And that's also something that I'm so glad me and him are on the same page for, which is why me and him can never be away from each other. Because this is it for the long run. We have been on the same page with almost everything for the last two years, and I love it. Yeah. Because it's so true. Your children should also not come first. Because like you just said, it's not about sucking things up for the sake of the children, because that's a bad example that you're setting. Because 
if you're so focused on making sure that kids are okay, that's why the relationship falls short between the husband and wife. Whereas if you focus on each other as husband and wife, because that was here before the kids, and that's what's going to be there after they leave. Yeah. Because it's meant to be in the house forever. So when they're gone, who else is stuck in the house? You and yourselves. Mm-hmm. That is so, so true. You need to make sure each other are okay because then you're not gonna properly make sure your children are okay, right? Because you're damaged, and that's just setting up a cycle for for failure in in relationships in life and just relationships within the whole household as well. Because you're setting an example that, and I'm sorry for my opinion, but it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's my opinion, but it's wrong. <laughs> No, I, you know what? And I agree because, um, that's, I think that's why the divorce rate is as high as it is because we have fallen into that trap of our kids come first and, you know, the spouse is second and so forth and so on, or, you know, the mother-in-law and then the the wife, It, it should not be that because at the end of the day, like you said, it's you and him against the world, me and you against the world. And that includes your children. And that, right, right. Because, um, you know, a lot of people get divorced because they realize, uh, yeah, it's just the two of us now. Uh, I don't know if I really like you. And I, yeah, because you guys never (laughs) took the time to figure each other out. That's why dates are so important. Even when you have children, making dates with each other are so important because not just, you know, not getting to know somebody that you're having kids with, but people change. Yeah, we evolve. We reco- you know, you need to reconnect and see who, you, who you're facing with every day, who you're sleeping with every day. And I think I even did a podcast about this a while back about, you know, we evolve, we change, we grow. We, we want have different aspirations and, you know, different things that we are going toward in life and as an individual and as together. So yeah. um, I'm really... I'm so proud that you guys have those conversations and that you are so steadfast in maintaining communication, even having the hard conversations with one another now. And it's, and it's because honestly, like, like I said, like being older has given me a different perspective on my childhood Mm -hmm. and be, of that perspective is what's driving me so hard to do things so differently because I see it. Mm-hmm. I see all aspects and perspectives of it. The one where I, I hate the world because it happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the aspect where I forgive it my mother because you literally did the best that you could. Right. And then have the aspect where, okay, I went through this, it didn't kill me, I'm still here let's do differently. Mm -hmm. And that's why the boundary with his sister has given me another perspective with my own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if I can stand firm with my sister-in-law, I can do it with my own. Mm -hmm. And that's a boundary all by itself that hurts differently because it's, it's something that was never expected. And I've tried so hard to not let it get to this point. Mm-hmm. but it has to because and I and you know everyone has this opinion where you know 
any beef between you and an adult should never affect the children. Why not? Mm-hmm. It should never negatively affect them, but why can't it positively affect them? Right. Because I I don't agree with, like, for example, if my sister and I aren't getting along and we haven't spoken in over a year, why do you think you can have unlimited access to my children? Right. What gives you that privilege? Hmm. Just because siblings? I'm sorry, I I don't agree with that. Because if you can't have a relationship with the mother of these children, why can you have a relationship with the children? Because you got to go through the mother to even talk to them. Yeah, and it also, it also, um, the kids see that, right? And they say, well, why don't you talk to mom? you know, uh, you come get us and you spend time with us. And I'm, and, and I want to say I am a product of that. Um, to be honest, because it was that, you know, I had an aunt that would come and just engage with my mom just so to come get me and spend time with me and then drop me back off. And then they don't speak. Yeah. And that's such an example for the children that that behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's not, <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. And not that you want to sever those relationships, but again, back to boundaries, right? Yeah. We, we need to establish these boundaries. Listen, um, yeah, we're, we, we've established that we probably will not be the best of friends, thick as thieves. We've established that. Yeah. But we are going to be cordial and have civil conversations and engagements especially when it comes to the children. You're not just going to come drop them off, not speak to me, and just be like, it's okay. And yeah. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. And I don't, I don't want my children to think that it works. And also, it's not about the relationship either. It's just the fact that I'm not saying my kids won't know who their aunt is. Right. And I'm not going to lie to my children on why... I don't speak to her, but it's also coming down to just because we are siblings or just because we're family doesn't give you access and, and permission for certain things that you feel you're obligated to. Mm-hmm. I don't find that fair and I don't find that to be okay. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And that's changing. Also- Sorry. No, that's okay. It also has to do with um, like, like I mentioned earlier, having to do things you don't want to do. Right. Or just for the sake of children. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. Right. So it's just like, you know, having, having those, again, those conversations and setting those boundaries and sticking to those boundaries and making sure that everything is understood and communicated as such. Because, you know, there's this, this is not an all access pass. You know, you can't just pick and choose when you pop in and pop out. Um, and, you know, I can't say that either. I mean, it, it depends on what life happens, okay? Life happens. I, I get it. But there are ground rules and there are boundaries that we all have to abide by. And as you mentioned before, you you're, you and Eris are trying to break those generational curses. And this is part of those generational curses that many of us live with. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly just don't want 
um, you know, my future children and, you know, generations to come as well, because it's something that I had to realize that wasn't okay for me. No, nobody who says they love you is going to walk in and out of their life so freely. Mm. That is so true. Because love is unconditional. You could be upset with somebody. You cannot like who they are as a person or like the values or morals that they stand by or just how they do things. But because you love them, you might need a moment or two where you don't speak. Like, I'm not expecting you to speak to a certain person that is like that every day. But because you love them, you're not going to just freely pick and choose when you want to be there for them or when you want to be in their life or I'm going to go one year without speaking to you and I'm going to come back and I'm going to speak to you this year. That's not okay. That's not love. Mm -mm. That sounds, and if that is love, that sounds very conditional. Yeah, love should not be conditional. And I don't want my children to think love is conditional because that's not a way to love somebody. Love is unconditional. Rather you like that person and how they do things or not, doesn't mean you have to accept it. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you also just decide when you want to not be there in their life and then, oh, I'm here now. Yeah. No. Right. It's like, yay, let's, you know, have a party. No, that's not how this works. No, 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 no. That's not how any of this works. Okay. Um, yeah. Love is, is definitely unconditional. And you're right. I don't have to agree with anything and everything that you stand for. I, you know, I have a right to disagree and not agree with you. Um, of course. But it doesn't mean I love you any less. Right? It just means that, okay, I know not to have that conversation with you again. <laughs> exactly. You just form a different type of relationship with that person based off of what you can tolerate and what you can't. Right. And if you can't tolerate that person, then you need to make that choice to leave them alone. Yep. And have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I no human is perfect. <laughs> Nobody mm. is going to agree with everything that you say and do. Nope. Not a soul. Not a soul. And I don't expect everyone to agree with everything that I say and do. And, you know, I have a really good friend who, you know, some days he say the most outlandish crap. And I'm like, um, dude, did you just hear yourself? He was like, yeah, I know that wasn't very PC. I'm like, no, it wasn't. And that's okay. But <laughs> just not, no, don't let it happen again. Okay. You can't say that to other people. He's like, yeah, I know we can only have this conversation. So, you know, it, it, it's okay. Cause you do have those people that just, you know, you love them for who they are. They're being their authentic self. Yes. And I get it. And I'm all for it. Doesn't mean I agree with it. No, because we'll have a conversation and he'll say, I agree with me. Tell me if you agree or disagree. He said, and if you disagree, it's okay. He said, I, I get it. He said, but I just want to know why. He's all about the why, right? Me. Sounds like me. <laughs> He's all about the why. Well, tell me why you don't agree. And then when I, you know, when you give the why in your opinion of why you don't agree with something, he goes, ah. It gives I, a perspective. Yes. It gives That's them a. That's how relationships should be. Right. He's, Even if he disagreed with what you felt or what your opinion was, you could be upset about it. You're entitled to that. But if you're able to see another perspective, that's. That's good. That's growth. That's a relationship. That's unconditional love. Right. He's like, I. you gave me another perspective to think about. I got to ponder that. And I'm like, I respect that. 
You're not saying that my opinion is wrong or what I'm thinking is wrong or my logic is wrong. You're saying I gave you a perspective that you didn't think about or consider. Mm-hmm. So it's still or even a, just having that friend that also just tells you what you don't want to hear. <laughs> right. And, you know, I respect that. It's like, man, I really didn't want to hear that. Um, I tell my friend that all the time. She's good at letting me realize things about myself, like how I have certain conversations with a condescending tone. And she finally told me about it. And I was like, I didn't want you to tell me that, but thank you. I needed to hear it. (laughs) Right. And that's okay because we don't realize how we say things because we say it so often and we do it so often. And sometimes we do it without thinking about how it's said, especially when we are preoccupied with other things in our head or that we were previously doing something else. And then all of a sudden I have to interject and have this conversation. And, and, and now my tone, I didn't, I have a different tone in my head that just came out of my mouth and I'm like, oops. (laughs) I didn't mean to say it like that, but, um, my bad. bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why not? Um, so, so yeah, I can say that like have, setting boundaries does have its perks because it is for the 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 long run. It's going to benefit me in the long run. Yeah, it, it it's going to benefit my children. And and like you said, with how glad that you are with me and Eris having these conversations, I'm glad for that too because I find that my previous relationships and then also looking at other people this these conversations aren't really had no and the fact that your your age of 26 are is able to recognize that and have those conversations that's why i said i'm very proud of you that you're 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 doing it because that sets you up for success in your future marriage and having children because now you've strengthened that bond between the two of you no one can break that. And I'm forever grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And I tell him that all the time because the fact that we went through what we went through with his sister, I was like, we can go through anything. Right. And that doesn't mean you're not going to be challenged as you grow. Oh, of course not. You're going to keep getting challenged. <laughs> you're going to be challenged. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it's never ending. It's like, okay, can you just stop now? I'm all done can with the storms. <laughs> Right. So, you know, the challenges definitely do not end by any means. But um, the fact that you have the tools, you're starting to build your toolbox on your relationship yeah. of, of things. And I, and I love that because um, I didn't acquire those tools until later in life um, to have those conversations, to speak on those, those communicative levels of, you know, you know, you just said that to me. I just want you to know that I took it this way. I, this is how I perceive what you just said to me, um, which allows you to process the information for yourself, but also gives that other person opportunity to actually see how they're being perceived um, by what they say and what they're doing. Because sometimes mm-hmm. people don't realize what they say and what they do, right? Because we do it every day. Right, especially when you don't have somebody in your everyday life to to help you realize these things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it does take being in a relationship to realize, like, oh, crap, I do do this. 
I didn't know that this happens. Oh, I didn't realize that me doing this or saying this gives this reaction or this, you know, it gives a different perspective because everyone, everyone is like this. You're everyone's family has their own dynamic, their own way of doing things. So what they think is okay, or some families just like to not acknowledge other things as well. So it's not until you get in a relationship with somebody who is raised differently or has a different mindset or way of doing things that helps you realize like, okay, this isn't going to work. But it still has to come down to, is this person enough to make me want to change it? Right. Because I also realized that as well. I've always been a communicator in relationships the the type of communicator i am also depended on who i was with mm. so i that this relationship specifically has been the most positive and the most communication i've ever done mm-hmm. because i'm always that person because rather it's friends a relationship I'm always that person to tell you about yourself I'm sorry to say it in that way it could mean and it doesn't have to mean negatively it can mean positively yeah so in a relationship if you're communicating to somebody about the things that they're doing most times people are like well this is who I am nobody said anything until now so now you become the problem because you're the one who said something and because nobody else has ever said anything they don't find the need to change it but then you also have another set of people who are like okay I see where you're coming from no one's ever said this to me but that also doesn't mean that it's not a problem right because obviously voicing it to me because it's it's something that you don't like Right. So that's when it comes down to, is this person enough to make me change and be a better person, not just for myself, but for them? It is not so much as change because, you know, like we, we never set into relationship to change the individual, but to to see, help them see another or to show them another side of them that how they're perceived by each individual person. And like you said, who's to say that the other other people did not agree with how things were said they just didn't have that courage or or didn't have that set of boundaries that you have to say okay listen I understand what you're saying I understand how you're feeling but I'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that because I don't appreciate it this is how I'm perceived for how you're talking and and then you they say I've done this all this time and no one else else ever said it and that that doesn't mean it's not wrong or, you know, that is right for you to do it. It means that maybe they didn't have the capacity to have that conversation with you. Yeah, or maybe they just didn't find it a problem because they might do the same thing. That too. <laughs> that too. So, you know, so, you know, who's, so it's not to say it's not a problem. So it's not really fair for, you know, individuals to say, oh, that's not a problem. Yeah. Mm. But it, it comes down to communication because, Everyone is different. There's things that people like. There's things that other people don't like compared to what you like. So if you're going to be with somebody, it really does take time to realize or not realize, but come to an understanding within each other what you can change for that other person. And like you said, it's not really change per se, but it's to to make a dynamic happen. Mm, I like that. Make a dynamic happen. Because you can't be a team when you guys don't even agree or willing to to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you guys are, you know, two different people, rather it's men, women, 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 man, man. You guys are still two different people. 
And if you want something to work or try to make something work, some things have to get changed. Some things have to be done differently and said differently. Like, there's things that me and him have learned to say that could be said seriously, but we choose to say it playfully because it just leaves for less argument. <laughs> right. And it leaves you room and it leaves room for discussion too. Yes, and sometimes it just might make it easier to talk about because me and him like to laugh about a lot. <laughs> but then there's certain things that we need to take seriously. So there's times where I might find myself being too serious. Like, my tone of voice gets very stern when there's things that I don't agree with or things that um, weigh a great deal on me emotionally. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear it. And not by my words, but you'll hear it in the tone. And I have come to realize that sometimes the tone isn't necessary. <laughs> I like that. I, I've learned that, too, in my ripe old age. <laughs> It's not the words, it's the tone. It's the tone. It's the tone. And I, well, I, I am... Learned. I know, I've learned. I, I, I am more mindful of the tone. And sometimes by me being mindful of the tone, it sometimes I find that even that comes off a little condescending because I'm trying not to be annoyed in a tone or aggressive in a tone. And so I try to lighten it. And in that lighten it, it sounds like I'm being you know, um, condescending of some sort. Um, yeah, I have found that issue too. So I've learned to kind of say it in a playful way because, and I can say it for me ahead because we're both younger siblings. We're just childish sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're mature when we need to be. Do not worry, podcast. We are very mature, well-rounded adults when need to be, but we are very childish at the same time. <laughs> I love that you don't give up your inner child. That that. Oh my gosh! And he brings it out, and I think I bring it out of him as well. We are huge children, and I think that's going to take us in the long run when it comes to being parents. I think um, so. But because we're both big children, and we just bring our inner child out so much, that's how I can get my point across without being so stern all the time. I think I think that is amazing that you guys have that and I just you know I just wish that for you that you, it continues to grow I see beautiful things and I, not that I'm rushing grandchildren or, or anything but I I am waiting with bated breath for the grandchildren um <laughs> don't get me wrong I, I would love to give you a grandchild but I I, 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 I had this conversation with you I need him to be in the same state at least <laughs> yes and you know what and like I said I'm not rushing you even when you're in the same state I am not rushing you by any means um I want you to definitely be ready um prepare yourself as much as possible as you guys have been with the tools um out there you know to help with the communication and to keep your your relationship strong because you know as we pointed out it's not um, when you have children, it's no longer that thing. The children come first, you know, m m forget about us. No, you have to maintain that relationship with you guys. Um, and I'm glad that you have definitely learned that and are learning that um, early on in, in the relationship because I think that's what is going to keep you and maintain you guys, you know, and keeping that, those date nights, right? Um, <laughs> date nights we're we're always constantly looking at like 
sporting events or like new restaurants and like um we're still finding out things about each other i just found out he's never been to fridays <laughs> look at that you know and and i know that the, the women have this whole thing out there oh, about not dates not a first Oh my gosh, that is such a crock of crap. I just don't oh, even know. Um, and yeah. me and Vincent Cheesecake Factory, we love it there. Right? Um, so, I, 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 you know, that's, that's that new fangled mentality, and I don't sign on to that at all. Um, so, definitely not that. A date that. is a date. A date is a date. As long as we are together and we are enjoying each other's company, that is a great date. Right. And if you're, excuse me, if you're going into the date about money, that's how you end up losing. That's how you end up losing. Unless Absolutely. you just go with somebody who just want to throw money at everything and everyone. But the chances of that are slim. So, um, <laughs> want a man. <laughs> right. Start thinking the cheesecake factory is okay. Because at the end of the day, I find that you have to come to a realization eventually. I'm sorry that... It's, it's just about the person. It is about the person. And whatever you guys are doing is what makes the date. It's because you guys are together doing it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Our first date, we went to a comic book store and went and sit in the park. And I remember it like it was yesterday because he was so nervous. He rolled around in the grass before he told me he liked me. Like, we were at the park. <laughs> Beautiful. And you know what? The when you start out that way, it is just the most beautiful thing because you're open to any and everything, and that's what I love about where you are and where you guys are going. And I just, you know, I as a mom, I just wish you nothing but the best um, for your new nuclear family that is coming. Um, and, and I love that you feel this way because it. You know, like I keep saying, family. Family's everything for me. So to have you as my mom and not only want it for me, but you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. No. And that even means a lot for me, too, because, you know, I don't have the best track record of <laughs> relationships, let alone bringing people to the house. So... I feel like I'm making up for that. <laughs> and yeah. It's not like I'm doing it on purpose, but it's like you finally get to see me make the right choice. Or, you know, and some of the relationships weren't, you know, because I chose the wrong person. They just ended up being the wrong person. So you're finally getting to see the happiness that I've longed for. No, and I love it, and I love that I'm still here to see it, and I'm so happy that you found your person, and I see that he really cares about you, and that's all any good parent really wants for their kid is to see that they're happy and well taken care of, you know, um, and that he has your he has your six at all times, and I and I love that. So, kudos to you, cutie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I am glad with, you know, the experiences and setting boundaries. And like I said, keeping it is the hardest thing to do. So I'm glad I'm able to get on a podcast and talk about it because I don't see it talked about enough. <laughs> no, you and, and it's not. So I appreciate you coming on, talking about setting boundaries. And, you know, for all those who are out there, um, I hope there is something out that 
you know, Maya said or that I said that resonates and, you know, share it so that others can hear because it is important that we set those boundaries even when it comes to family. Hell, especially when it comes to family. We have to set those boundaries. And I think we all forget that um, we have to do that self-care. And part of, part of that self-care is setting boundaries. That's I think that's where it begins is when you start setting those boundaries. You're, you are doing self-care. And sometimes it can hurt to set those boundaries, right? Um, yeah, it hurts a lot. <laughs> it hurts a lot, you know? Because you're told to love these people unconditionally, but you realize that that's not enough. It's not. It's not. And, you know, I have to set boundaries daily with family members, including my own children, you know? It, it, and it's okay. And I find I have to respect the boundaries of my children when it comes to me and that's okay it it sucks <laughs> yeah it's, every boundary sucks right everything about boundaries suck but it's something we have to do so just just be kind to yourself when setting those boundaries and take those lessons um as as lessons as they are lessons it's no fault there's no regret there's no no guilty feelings or any of that it's all a lesson and if we can see it as a lesson and grow from it then we are doing our part as human beings and that's living and evolving and that's all we can ever ask for so thank you yeah. maya for taking the time out to hang out with your mom um, thank you for <laughs> You're welcome. And for anyone who is interested, um, she's on the East Coast, just so you guys are aware, in the DMV area. Uh, so that's Delaware, Maryland, Virginia area, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York area is where yeah. she is located. So if you are interested in uh, her business, I will definitely have it in the show notes. Thank you to WUBI for having us and showcasing our show on the radio. And for those of you who are listening, please take care of yourself and each other. And if you are in need of great skin care, Divine Nubian Essentials will be happy to be a part of that skin and hair care um, to help take care of those skin and hair care needs, uh, vegan options. And if you are in need of healthcare academia assistance, the Edu Collins Education Resource Management will be happy to assist you with that as well. So with that, I say continue to take care of yourself and each other. And remember, self-care is not selfish. And part of setting um, boundaries is self-care. So on that note, take care of yourself and each other. Namaste.